2000s-esque Jim Carrey, which is what like he kind of went crazy with, with, yeah, Bruce Almighty and Grinch. Ah, Grinch is a wonderful movie. Uh, hey, hey, hey. I'm not going to dunk on it. Sure. Yeah. No, that's right. No. Gang. Because we have rules. We've got some news. <gasps> we changed our name. What? We are now Shame Watch for marketing purposes. Because there's another there. guilty treasure. And there was no other Shame Watch. So that's us. Uh, so uh, welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive into those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we bring in a movie that either we or our guests love, but society constantly ridicules them for. We look in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, hoping to keep society at bay while we watch these movies like the miracles that they are. Boom. Hello, I'm James Fight, owner of Flat Films, and that's me. I'm Kenny Madison. No bits, Kenny. Yeah, no, I, I never do bets. No. And uh, I'm uh, Aaron, all serious, Salinas. Yeah. And our guest today is... Hello, I'm John Golson. Yeah. I like that you gave John a cue uh, to talk. Because we don't, we don't need it. We have group mind. Yeah, he but actually John... said, I'm not allowed to talk unless he points to me and goes, and? <laughs> yeah. And? Now I can talk. Correct. Cool. Great. Hey, John, we are on a sketch troop together for a little bit. We were. We were. That that's that's a truth. I uh, Today I, I put feelers out for a sketch show that I have going in June, at the end of June. Oh, nice. I've got two dates yeah. for a sketch show. Are you looking for anything specific or just sketches? Looking for actors. Not, oh, not actors. really even looking for sketches at this point. Okay. Uh, looking for actors. It's a theme park themed sketch show. Nice. You know, like Dark Rides? Yeah. Where they take you and they take you through like scenes and moments of different things. Mm-hmm. It's like this the sketch show is themed around a dark ride. Oh, so there's nice. a host and like a theme park mascot, and everyone sitting in the audience is on a ride Ooh. through different sketches. Ah, uh, that's dope. So and you can see that at Fallout Theater. That's right. June twentieth at eight p.m. and June twenty seventh at eight p.m. Go to Fallout Theater. I thought whenever you were talking about dark ride, you were talking about something like Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster at Disney World. <laughs> Oh, where it's like you're riding in the dark? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like, see, I'm a Houston kid, so for me it was Mayan Mindbender. It was ah. like the big uh, the big Aztec temple, or Mayan. I said Aztec temple. It's called Mayan Mindbender. Come the on, big Mayan John. Tindle. I should be more sensitive to the Mayan people. Yeah. Um, you get inside and ride the roller coaster. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, John, what movie did you bring us today? Today I brought you uh, 2006's uh, Wayne Kramer uh Written and directed masterpiece, Running Scared, James, starring yeah. Paul Walker and Vera Farmiga. Why are you already laughing, James? Oh, I don't. He, no reason. He's just saying the fact of the movie. Oh, I'm just remembering that really funny scene. I don't. I don't necessarily like believe in the. Um, I, it's kind of like I don't quite believe in the concept of like guilty pleasures. Sure, yeah, yeah in yeah. a way, because yeah. like I'm a wrestling fan, and like I like all this other crap that I'm just like, whatever. Like yeah. if you don't like it, I'm not embarrassed to like it. Yeah, you caught me at a really good time <laughs> <laughs> to ask me to be on the show because I had literally just watched about half of this, hadn't yeah. seen it since the theaters. Oh, I turned God. it off about halfway through. What? And so when you asked me, yeah. Like, hey, we talk about like you know guilty pleasure stuff. I was like, I'm 
I'm embarrassed, like legit embarrassed <laughs> to say that this movie wasn't just one that I thought was awesome when it came out. Yeah. I talked friends into going and seeing oh, it. Oh, John. Like, like, dude, you've got to see it. It's crazy. So and you're like, the reason for half of the box. Yeah, and then like <laughs> checked back in with them. Wasn't it crazy? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, it certainly was crazy. I will agree with with you on that it's trash before, <laughs> before we get too far into it john can you give us a brief synopsis of what the heck running scared is about uh, um <laughs> for running people that just love the podcast but hate movies running scared is about a um it opens well it doesn't even open with this deal it actually opens with paul walker carrying a bloody kid to his car yeah. so, to dramatic strings so that you get a sense that oh what created the situation in which this obvious hero is saving this little boy's life so that that way he can be gutter trash for two hours straight <laughs> um, but they oh they, is there nothing redemptive about paul walker's character <laughs> i had i had no, no, no idea there, there's something redemptive he carried a bloodied boy to his car that's yeah. true yeah, well, and then the that. whole movie works around to get back to that moment so you're like ah no but, concern but for the with, seats the upholstery yeah. disastrous it opens with a shootout between a bunch of thugs of which paul walker is one and a bunch of uh, hooded thugs um, they blow each other away and it turns out that they're cops the hooded ones are cops so they're like oh man uh, we got to get rid of all the guns <laughs> Paul Walker's responsible for getting rid of the guns he uh, he puts the guns into the like a uh, secret compartment in his basement and his his son's best friend sees him hide the gun gets it for himself and goes and shoots his dad his the, the son's dad yeah um, uh, I'm, it, okay, I'm already making it more confusing than it is. <laughs> the little neighbor kid steals the gun, goes back to his house, and shoots his dad. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. His his thin crust loving, John Wayne loving, uh, Russian mobster that, that dad. That part's important. The John Wayne loving part's really important because that comes yes. back later. Uh, and and then yeah. it becomes and then the kid goes on the run and it becomes oh we got to get the kid back we got to get the gun back. And that's what most of this movie is. It's over two hours long <sighs> of them chasing this kid. And it goes through like crazy situations and scenarios that are almost like non sequitur. There's a thing in the end credits where they show like imagery from fairy tales. Yeah. And I guess that was like the it intent was, was supposed to be that all these were little like fairy tale stories, but they what? it doesn't come across that way at all when you're no. watching the movie. No, it's like a weird Hellboy. It was just like this. This is just a fairy tale, and like that threw me off at the end. I was like, ah, I'm gonna stop. It. Well, there's other minor things like there's things that are supposed to be, and and it's like the movie isn't good enough to execute this well. Where it's supposed to be, oh, this is through a child's eyes, like the yeah. weird, the weird wet homeless guy that talks like this and moves real fast like he has super speed but it's like it's supposed to be oh how the kid is perceiving him because later when paul walker confronts him he's like just a dude or when the weird uh pedophile people are like oh, walking yeah. behind the glass they have pointy ears and like oh, long yeah. fingers and stuff yeah, and it's like, like is yeah. there now a demon in this too what's going on <laughs> I think it would not yeah. be out of the tone of this movie no it yeah. wouldn't but also there there's pedophiles in this movie that also kill the kids and tape. Oh. James, you're saying all this like it's a bad thing. They it, have they have all these costumes, like little kid costumes hung up in their playroom, and one of the things hanging up is just a plastic bag. bag that says body, body bag, bag in great labels. big letters on it. Uh, it says body bag, and then right next to it, underneath it says small. Yeah. <laughs> Get him a body bag, yeah. <laughs> 
So they had to go to the body bag store, and they're just rifling mm-hmm. through the body bags, and they go, mm, this is clearly labeled medium. I, I will, something a bit smaller. Wait a minute. Uh, I will say that moment where the mom uh, or the wife of Paul Walker comes in and kills the pedophiles, that's my favorite bit. Because, like, she's having the most normal reaction, and it's like, yeah, yeah. You would do that. All of those scenes all feel like they're from a completely different movie. Yeah, right? Like every this, single one of them. This movie is five different movies that is shoved into each other, which can also account for its two-hour running time. Uh, so I want to lay out a fact. Um, and I'm going to turn it into a game. Okay. Oh, I love games. They, I'm okay with them. They Aaron, said, shut up. This is a game. They said... Fuck a lot in this movie. Yes, I did. You see the IMDb? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So, Aaron, you can't answer. Yeah, okay. Because you know the answer. John, how many times do you think they said fuck or fucking or fuck fucked? Or Bible goes west. All right, I'm going. It was in almost every single line of dialogue. Just about. And usually in there twice. Where's my Bible? And going? so if I'm going to say if dialogue is spit every. I'm going to try to do the math, and I'm going to fail. <laughs> if it's every five seconds, and the movie's 120 minutes long, what's the math on that? I'm going to say know. it's somewhere in the neighborhood. I'm going to. I'm just going to ballpark it. I'm going to say yeah. it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 450 times. Okay. Uh, how, many, how many times do you think? 243 times. Ooh. If we're playing Price is Right rules, Kenny, you won. Yeah. Hey! But, it's 330 uh, times they yeah. say fuck in this movie. 330 times. My favorite parts is whenever Paul Walker's looking for the 38 snub nose. I know that it's a 38 snub nose because they say it roughly, I don't know, 100 times. Uh, and he keeps going, where's my fucking gun? Where's my gun? Where's my fucking gun? I'm so where's fucked. No, my favorite use of the, of the F word is when he's like, you were born in America. That makes yeah, you a fucking yeah, American. Yeah. You're a fucking American. You hear me? Say it back to me. Say it back to me now. You're a fucking American, right? You're a fucking American. You're born in America. I'm just pulling out my collar so far. Oh, oh yeah, that was old man, and that was towards the end, right? That was like third yeah. act. Yeah. Oh man. Let's provide a little context for this shame uh, that we're all feeling here. Uh, well, <laughs> clearly this is John Golson's absolute favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, critics disagree. This movie uh, has a forty-one percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, sure. which certifies it as rotten. And to read the uh, review from Scott Brown of Entertainment Weekly, circa February 22nd, 2006. So not circa, it's on February 22nd, 2006. (laughs) On or around. Sure. Uh, Writer-director Wayne Kramer, The Cooler, starring William H. Macy, is the latest quote-unquote outsider to prove there's no blockbuster cliche independent filmmakers don't covet. Marinara accents? Check. Hooker con corazón de oro? See, but give it this, running scared is pugnaciously ugly, unvarnished hackwork, and it commits to its nightmarish puerility with the vengeance. The picture pulsates with a genuine, unfocused grouped bloodlust. A child with a gun is its central image, and it's assumed that this will not horrify, but empower. Pederasts appear suddenly and improbably, caper demonically, and are banished ballistically. It's as if someone smelted his personal issues, quote-unquote, into bullets, spun them into a cylinder, and fired them directly into your brain. Uh, <laughs> wow. Real quick. Harsh. Uh, first off, uh, Hooker Corazón de Oro. That is an improv <laughs> troupe waiting to happen. Great stuff. Um, but two... It's got a 9 out of 10 for Google reviews, yes. which means for the general public <laughs> that for basically everyone that watches this movie fucking loves this movie. Well, uh, 
I, you said that the last time that you hadn't watched this was uh, since you saw it in theaters, and I remember. Yeah. Uh, I remember at the time reading on websites like Chud and Ain't It Cool, uh, all of the all of the dude film critics yeah, that was, were on these websites were like, "Running Scared is a cult." Classic. It was Chud's enthusiasm that sold me, that that had me drinking the Kool-Aid when I went to watch it. Same. It was Chud's enthusiasm Same. that was like, oh, running scared, yeah. And and so when I saw it, then I had to like proselytize and like let everyone know, like, oh, yeah. no, you got to see it. Um, it was so great, so great. Remember that ice scene where it's all blue? The color palette's just blue? That's, I, I like that yeah. scene. That's a cool scene. It was just so random. I'm curious well, if any of you had seen this before. No, I've never I, seen this I, before. I have, Never heard of it. I'd before. seen uh, Eight Below, which was also came out in two thousand six with Paul, Walker. which is exactly the same, and it, it has is. center. It, it has set pieces that take place on the ice. It's the, exactly the, the same. The dogs thing. take the thirty eight snub nose. It's real tragic. Yeah, yeah. John, where's my fucking dogs? <laughs> where's my fucking dogs? Let me my dogs. Uh, my fucking dogs. This fuck. Uh, I didn't know about oh, this yeah, movie. There's the time where he's just. Yelling just, through the oh, camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On his knees. Was it raining, too? I think it was yeah, raining. It was rain. yeah. and, it, and there was a blue filter. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. There was a lot going on. It was on. everything. I didn't know about this movie, like, so bad. Let me remind you, John. I forgot that I, you lent it to me for four months. Yes. I put it on a desk somewhere and just forgot about it. Think about this. So, you watched Barbie and the Diamond Castle. Yeah, I, before, before you, I remembered, I had this Blu-ray. Until you said, James, <laughs> you have this Blu-ray. Oh, I do. Yeah, I was, so a couple, it's been a few months since James asked me, like, hey, we do this show, and do you want to be on it? And and what had happened was, it must have been the same week, if not the week before. Mm. I set my, I owned the Blu-ray, and I'd had it for a while. I'm one of those people that, you know, you'll have the Blu-ray for something and then not get around to watching it for, like, two years. Yeah. So it was like, hey, uh, told my girlfriend, like, have you ever seen Running Scared? She said, no. I was like, let's watch Running Scared. I hadn't seen it in a while. Oh, no. I put it on. You know what was the biggest kind of, like, immediate turnoff was the... the no menus on the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. That's real. That's real. There's no menus. It just starts the movie. Anyway, continue. Yeah, it was the Bangladesh subtitles that ran across... No, it was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a case of the... the There's, like, what critics at that time, Chud and Ain't It Cool and back yeah. in that day, used to call avid farts, which was, like... The weird, like, squelching and cutaways and jittery camera and shaky shit or, like, there's a part where somebody looks at a purse and it goes whoosh oh, yeah, towards the person, like, turns, it corkscrews, yeah. the camera corkscrews towards the purse. Or, like, the scene where they're threatening Oleg on the ice and it looks like uh, a film brain wrap and the film, like, shakes and then burns in the I middle. Did. I love All of that stuff. editing garbage <laughs> felt like such a period thing like it felt very much like oh wow like i forgot how 2006 this movie is well, it's it's funny you saying that because this feels very tony scott of the era which i saw in a couple reviews yeah. but the thing that this reminded me of is the movie that i love much more at least whenever i saw it uh i probably won't hold up anymore because i remember that movie being super racist sexist and just generally awful but neville dina taylor's crank yeah uh where it uses all of those things but as opposed to running scared which is using all of those things as kind of stylistic flourishes yeah uh neville dina taylor inject you with cinematic adrenaline and everything is basically shaking off of the film spools but that's kind of chevchelios's yeah. thing i like it when it's i like it when it's incorporated into the vibe but i don't think that something like looking at a purse 
needs a corkscrew, like, wow, was the camera, like, spins towards the purse. I'm sort of like, is what, you know, and to use film school terms, is that shot motivated? Ooh. We all owe John $5. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. <laughs> Um, I do I do really like that um, when Paul Walker arrives home, so you get the sense, like, you see him save the kid at the beginning, which turns out to be a completely different thing. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, you see the shootout. Man! Um, oh, yeah, this movie has a great twist ending. Uh, you see <laughs> you see this, uh, this big shootout at the beginning, and then when he arrives home, this is like his, this is his, like, hi, honey, I'm home, moment. He walks in the door, grandpa's on the couch, and he goes, hey, grandpa, you whacking it off to E again? Then he walks into the kitchen and performs oral sex on Vera Farmiga in probably the most, like, graphic oral sex scene I've seen in a movie. Like, you see him move her panties aside and go down on her, and I was like... What like, in the? How do you? Real. What like? There, was there, that they, on the call sheet? That. Yeah, <laughs> that was just real. They had sexual intercourse. But this time, I noticed that it was sponsored by Tide. <laughs> in that laundry room scene, there is a bottle of Tide logo out in the upper corner that never gets obstructed by anything during that whole entire scene. Oh, that's so, good. yeah, there's some, some good product placement in the how, oral sex scene. Guys, how are we going to really push Tide? How are we going to push Tide? Let's have him fuck mm-hmm. in the washroom. Also, uh, they, I think they weren't engaging in intercourse. He was pleasing her. Yeah. It, yeah, which you know, is he's a giver. He's a, a fucking giver. I'm, I'm a, a fucking a, giver. You fucking like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the director, I forget his name already. Wayne Kramer. Wayne Kramer. How could you forget the like Wayne like Kramer. early two thousands like galactic cowboy font that's used during like all the opening ooh. credits where it's all this different like typography? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. How could I? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so I it, in one of the trivia. On IMDb, it said he was surprised that this was R, because he thought it was going to get an NC-17. They go to an all-new strip club in it as well. Like yeah. it's graphically violent. It's it it's while the movie's not necessarily like sexy or sexual. If they can push the envelope there, whenever they do, they do. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's weird. I actually remembered it as being. I actually remembered it as being more violent. There's actually mm. like large stretches of the movie where like, c- kind of. I wouldn't say nothing's happening, but in my mind, it had more of like that uh, that Punisher War Zone-y kind of thing, where yeah. it was like every ten minutes or so there was some like crazy graphic act of violence. Yeah, it really isn't that way until the big hockey thing, which is almost comical. Uh, the shootout on the ice where people are yeah. like slipping and shooting each other. This isn't dunking. This is me talking about the structural All right. malfeasance. All right. Because this movie was a little bit of a slog. I mean, us three gets a rule if it's Duncan or not. Sure. Uh, it, it it was a struggle to get through this movie. There were mm. several times where I was looking at the runtime and going, there's 40 minutes left in this movie? Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, and I think one of two climaxes had happened. I feel like there's several climaxes oh. in this movie. I started making a D&D character while watching this movie. The, uh, the part where I knew I was in trouble of that it was going to be it was like a little long besides the runtime was uh the shootout in the very beginning yeah mm-hmm. that was unnecessarily long or was Where that the just guy me? gets shot in the dick yeah yeah like that was like there was just a lot of just bang bang pop also, pop 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 not, pop 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 not to tear apart but they had shotguns they're meant for close range they the other guys should have just died but instead we got about a 3 minute shootout 
And that's because I like Scarface, and that's got some pretty elongated now, fight scenes. So maybe I, I'm trying to be – sometimes I'll say things, and they may appear as if I'm dunking, but in, but in other ways they're actually like new details that I love. Sure. The Tide is a great example, where it might <laughs> oh, sound as if tide, I'm dunking, yeah. oh, but no, I like the fact that I was like a corporate sponsor signed off on this particular scene, <laughs> and I enjoy that. Yeah. The, uh, the shootout thing, uh, again, not a dunk. They are as close to you as I am to you. Wait, what, did I mess that up? Um, and then they put a mattress up. They hide behind a mattress. Uh, yeah. And they're like literally pumping <laughs> shotgun shells and like shooting. And the mattress is just bulletproof as they like <laughs> pop out from four feet away from behind the mattress. And, oh, and sponsored shoot. by Casper. So. <laughs> Oh, how great would that be? Um, oh, this shootout feels like I'm being shot at on feathers. So kind of back to the story of, of me turning it off because of, oh, like, yeah. the editing. Mm-hmm. I, then I saw you, yeah. and you were like, hey, we do this show, and it's about guilty pleasures. And I was like, I feel guilty. Like, <laughs> I feel the weight of having told people, like, this movie's really awesome when it's kind of junky yeah. and and not as awesome as whatever I thought was awesome in 2006. And so I loan you the Blu-ray, yeah. and I, I thought, I'll watch it on Tubi. It's on Tubi TV, which is like a free streaming platform. And I was like, I'll just catch it there, because mm-hmm. I knew it was still there. And all well and good, and then, you know, uh, some scheduling things happen, and then this week is the week that you're having me on. Mm-hmm. And uh, today I'm like, okay, I, I got some homework to do. I got to finish. I only got halfway through uh, <laughs> Running Scared when I loaned it out, so I'm going to watch it over again. Yeah. And I get home and I watch it and I get through the first half again and right around where it crapped out the first time, which is when the like albino pimp shows up. Oh, yeah. um, mag daddy yeah. pimp. Yeah. What's that? I forgot his name. Yeah. I'm a mag daddy pimp. Right around the time he shows up, my internet went completely out. Ooh. So I watched the first half of the movie <laughs> twice and I was like, oh, I, I literally don't know what to do because I'm supposed to be on here talking <laughs> about this. And you have my physical copy and yeah. I don't have internet. And so I had my phone and was like, for a while, I was watching it on LTE. We got the internet back up, which is part of the reason why I came straight here. Basically, I finished it, got in the car, and then came directly to the studio. So it's all very, very fresh in my fresh, mind. Man, like, yeah. And you took notes. Much and like, I took uh, notes. Much like Paul Walker transporting uh, Oleg in the final scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really Oleg's movie. Are you saying that it's not Joey Gazelle's movie? No. Also, Paul Walker's character, his name is... Joey Gazelle. And yeah. Gazelle's run. Scared. Whoa! Oh! Is that a film school thing, John? <laughs> it is, is now. <laughs> John, another five yeah. boxes sucks. He's us again. Ah, sucks. But um, one thing I did find kind of interesting, and it was on the trivia too, um, Paul Walker wasn't the first choice for this. What? Who was? Um, Danny DeVito. Oh, oh, man. That would be incredible. That'd be... Um, I, movie I'd watch. John, share us some notes you have. I'm curious. Oh, I was, a lot of these are like plot related. Let me see what I've got written down here. Um, Yeah, this this note says dicks blown off. (laughs) Yep, yep. That is correct. There was a line of dialogue that I wrote down, which was cheerio breath having motherfucker, (laughs) which is what the uh, main crime boss guy says to Oleg when they're at the hockey thing and they're like, he's about to shoot him and he's like, you cheerio breath having motherfucker. I was like, oh, I wrote, I got to write that one down. Uh, Uh, That crime boss is uh, John Noble. Oh, yeah, it was uh, it was the other guy. 
It wasn't the John Noble guy. It was the other guy uh, that gives the, the Cheerio breath. Oh, okay. The Cheerio breath line was given by whoever the the Goomba guy was. Sure. So Thomas Jane declined the role of Joey Gazelle again because they run scared uh, due to scheduling conflicts. Paul Walker was the second choice. Thomas Jane, homeless dad himself. What? Homeless dad. I, move, I don't. Homeless dad. The more you say it, the less I understand. Homeless dad. All right. It's a it, Thomas Jane plays himself on Arrested Development. Oh, he, that's okay. He looks okay. homeless, but that's because he's researching a role. Uh, oh, and he was in The Punisher. Speaking of, so it would make sense that he goes from The Punisher to this. John, we have some questions for you. Okay. <clears throat> Let me find them. For the rebrand, I uh, revamped the questions. Now there's oh, only two. There's only two now. Now they're unanswerable. <laughs> what keeps you awake at night, John? <laughs> Tell us about how the weight feels. Uh, hey. Hey. Explain where you initially encountered this guilty treasure. You mentioned in theaters, but let's provide some context. Um, so at this time, I was. I kind of. I was probably pretty immersed in like film geekdom from the early 2000s right until I actually got the opportunity to start writing professionally, mm -hmm. which kind of rings you out of that, I think, pretty oh. pretty quick. Um, so and, and I feel like I was kind of there's there's part of me and it's probably like it's probably delusional and like self aggrandizing that I feel like I was like one of the last ones to kind of like get right in the door before like Huffington Post bought AOL and shut Cinematical down and like all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was, I would watch, I would keep my fingers on the pulse of whatever film geekdom was sort of advocating for and go and see it. Mm -hmm. Didn't necessarily mean I liked everything, but that was sort of who I was at this time. Uh, 2005 was a weird year for me. Um, I, uh, I got a divorce, my grandmother died and I moved out of state. Oh. Um, and all three of those things happened within a concentrated like six to eight month period of time. Jeez. So when this came out in 2006, I was adjusting to life in Savannah, Georgia as a recently divorced, like right on the cusp of 30, that was a freshman in college for the first time. Um, and I went and saw Running Scared at a movie theater in Savannah by myself, as I did most of the movies in those days. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and that was that was me in two thousand six. So wow, well I'm sorry. And I reviewed happened. it, but I couldn't find the review. I was trying to go back and find like my my original blog review because I was uh, curious as to what I said. Yeah, but I couldn't find the post stopped at a certain point. And I know I reviewed it, and I couldn't find anything earlier than that. So. Did you write it for a certain outlet, or you just no? Your own this blog? was back when I had my when I was doing my own. I didn't start doing anything professionally until. Um, 2009 till fall of 2009. Who'd you write for? I wrote for AOL. AOL had three movie sites at that time. Why? Besides Movie Phone, so really they had four. They had Movie Phone, which was their uh, what Fandango is now, yeah, and red carpet crap occasionally and things like that, but also like buy movie tickets. Sure. Um, then they had two sites that they were piloting. One was called Sci-Fi Squad, and one was called Horror Squad, and Cinematical. And Cinematical was a like a cinema lover website and horror squad of course is like genre site and sci-fi squad being a genre site um and when i came in i uh i needed a pass to fantastic fest back in 2009 and somebody asked me um hey have you ever written professionally and i was like actually i have a whole blog's worth of stuff if you want to read stuff and they were like great uh and it's funny now because he's like a pariah he's an awful human being but oh. jeff wells who runs like hollywood elsewhere oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, he's real bad. Yeah, he's real bad. But at the time, I had no idea who he was other than just he used to write for people. He had not been like a trash fire on social media because social media was in the burgeoning stages. Um, and so he, it was like I had a friend who wrote for Hollywood Elsewhere that was like, hey, they need somebody to cover Fantastic Fest so we can get you a badge. I said, okay. So I did that when I was covering Fantastic Fest for Hollywood Elsewhere that got some of the editors attention at AOL and they were like, Hey, do you want to come write for us? Cause we need somebody churning out daily content for the squad sites. And I said, yeah. And then I started doing that. And I did that all the way up until I wrote for AOL until the Huff post, um, changeover and then was brought over to, uh, Fandango had purchased movies.com, the domain name. And so I was brought over to movies.com and wrote for them and did some, did some things for Fandango. Most of what I did for Fandango was illustrations. Like, oh, nice. like they'd want a piece that was like, there was one of them that was like the history of Wolverine on mm. in cinema. And so I drew illustrations of the way Hugh Jackman looked in like every single one of the movies, Ooh. like that sort of stuff. Nice. And um, how he got bigger and bigger. And yeah. <laughs> Just that man is ripped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was weird in 2010. I was kind of put on the Marvel beat where it was like, hey, you like comic books. Why don't you cover Marvel news? And I was like, great. Well, from 2010 until now, mm-hmm. basically about 2016 is where things started to change where I was like, I can't write about anything because Marvel consumes the news cycle. And so I don't have any content by the time that my articles do. Everything has been like mm-hmm. squeezed dry by by this site, by every site, right. it became really, really difficult to take something at the time that was like a little more niche and see it evolve to something where it's just like, okay, this is just what stays in the news cycle every hour on the hour every week. So mm-hmm. um, so in 2018, um, my opportunities for reviewing movies also at festivals had sort of uh, dried up. It wasn't really the content people were looking for. And um, and again, my Marvel stuff was getting harder and harder and harder to write. So I stepped away from it in 2018. Uh, I'm still a member of the Austin Film Critics Association, and I do uh, I do podcast for OneOfUs.net. We do like home video releases, a show called Digital Noise. Nice. Oh so, shoot, that's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. No wonder you got running scared on Blu-ray. <laughs> it makes all s- the sense. Also, I needed running scared in the highest quality visual format that was available. <laughs> Uh, to really see and the then I blood them. splatter. Yeah, that's wild. What was your What was your last outlet that you were writing for in 2018? Movies.com, Fandango. Oh yeah. shoot, yeah, yeah. Hey John, what does this movie mean to you? Do you cheer yourself up with it? Do you use it to feel sad? Well, does it reminds like you of a family it member. Since 2006. Listen, I have it's the question I have to ask well, you. James, take a seat here at my feet. Sure, I'll tell you. Gosh darn it! Why you know. What this movie means to me is that Son of a, bitch. a lot of times when you see people on the surface, yeah. you assume maybe maybe you assume the worst about them. Maybe you assume that they're just a just a thug from Boston with a trashy potty mouth who loves giving his wife oral sex in the laundry room. Tied for when life gets dirty. Oh, good but, job, Aaron. Good job. <laughs> but you know, just because that's what you see on the surface. That doesn't mean that that's the measure of a man. There may be things about that person that you don't know, things about the way that they were brought up and raised, or things about even what they may be doing right now to make a difference in the world that doesn't show itself on the surface. And that's what running scared means to me. So what you're saying is you like the gunfights. I like the gunfights. I liked how outrageous it was. And I still that still holds some appeal to me, but I also think that it's – 
It's difficult to reconcile like a film that's I think so liberal with like the N word and the F word oh, yeah. and and uh, and you know and that's just me being older. Like it's just I watch it now and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of trashy. But this so. yeah, this feels like a 2006 yeah actioner like a B level actioner, which this is totally an exploitation movie. Yeah, and and, uh, and you know I kind of appreciate it in that way too because we don't really get. We don't get trash cinema in wide release anymore. I mean, we really don't. Uh, people lament the the loss of like, oh, we don't get dramatic films made for adults anymore. And it's like, eh, we we kind of still get those, but we really don't get trash cinema on two thousand screens anymore. Yes. Yeah. So. So j- just for clarification, this you saw this in a theater. Like yes. it wasn't like a dollar cinema. It was a true. It was projected onto a screen. <laughs> like it was, it was like, because what I'm there I'm were curious. legitimate popcorn salesmen in the lobby okay. before you walked. Could in. you put your own butter, or was it like a behind the counter was thing? Was there a movie trivia <laughs> before that? Recliners or pre-recliner days? It was, it was pre-recliner days. Oh man, no stadium seating. Oh man. Oh, there you were, had to fight for your seats. Yeah, there, well, there weren't hardly Ooh. any people there, so two thousands know. were hard. Man. Oh, shocker! No yeah. one went to go see running. No one scared saw running scared run. on a weekday afternoon, which is when I went to see it. Man, okay, yeah, because I was curious. I didn't. I didn't look at the box office for this I didn't one. either. What did it gross? Uh, it was like $9 million. That's what it grossed? Yeah. Oh. You know what World the budget was? Or? I would have thought the budget was nine. I would have guessed, no, the if budget, you would have asked me, oh. I would have guessed like $28 million Here I go. domestic. No, it grossed $9 million, You know What was the, the budget? $17 million. Oh. What was the number one movie of the week it opened? Did you, did you see that? I didn't research okay. that, no. Uh, <laughs> James, you're wrong. What? Uh, no, I'm it, not. It grossed $6.8 million well, on a budget of $15 million. I, we were looking at different numbers. I, I'm looking they, up Box Office Mojo. I was looked up Wikipedia. Uh, it opened 2006. 2006. What, 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 I'm going to guess June. I'm going to guess a June movie. It's, it's an action stuff. It's a February movie. All right. It's a love say, movie. I was going to say, it feels like a it's spring. A dump. Yeah, it was the back when February was a dump. Most definitely. So uh, February, du- February used to be a dump. It was it was Alice in Wonderland and like some, well, Hannibal was like the first thing that ever made any money in February. And mm-hmm. then people kind of went, that's strange. And then people figured that, um, I can't remember. I want to say it was, it, I, it, I may be wrong. It, it may have been Deadpool. But I want to say it was like either oh, yeah. Alice in Wonderland or Deadpool that had a release that was like that mid-spring release that mm-hmm. changed the game for what a February release could be. I, I remember Alice in Wonderland. I, Alice in Wonderland was before Deadpool, and it yeah. lost a billion dollars. But I couldn't remember if that one was February or March. I feel like it's... I know Deadpool was February because like their whole marketing thing was yeah. like, it's a love story. Yeah. Come yeah. with your wife or girlfriend or significant other. It does feel like a March movie, though, Alice, I think. Job, you guys. March fifth, twenty ten. Wow, that's grossed a billion dollars for a movie that no one watches anymore. It was like a, it was like a that movie is like a first person shooter in a Michaels. That's what that, that's what that that's what Alice in Wonderland's like. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Do you, do you not play games, Kenny? I don't know what a game is. Sure, I've never played a game in my life. So, um, real quick, the, the way I okay, you're gonna make this quick. Get, um, I do my homework for this movie because I usually watch it on the weekend, mm-hmm. Saturday or Sunday, and then before I come here, I like to watch like interviews or behind the scenes stuff on it. And good God, the interviews for this movie is rough because they're they're asking Paul Walker like so because you can see that the the journalist is like I really don't know what to talk about this movie, but she was like um so what kind of made you decide to choose this film and. 
good third or two thirds of it. He's just like, you know, it's just really real, man. And that's what I was looking for at the time, just something real. But you know, I'm still that uh, West Coast guy. I still like snowboarding and snow and surfing. And I was like, you're not answering any questions, man. I like, like snowboarding. But like, and then he was like, sometimes I just uh, like to go from the West Coast to the East Coast, you know. And I'm like. Just what? And so if you can, I'll uh, I'll link it in uh, our social meds. But uh, the interviews are rough for this one. Did so. you shorten social media to social meds? Yeah, it's it's all about breath conservation. Social meds. Social meds. Yeah. So meds. <laughs> I, I like that. On the IMDb Sweet. trivia, I uh, I looked and uh, it said Paul Walker was very sad that this movie didn't do so hot in the box office, but Quentin Tarantino. Reached oh, out yeah. to him personally and said, hey, Paul, I think you did a great job. And that made him feel better. He left a voicemail when he said Yeah, he left a voicemail, yeah. Hey, uh, I really like you. You said fuck. Uh, <laughs> you guys said fuck really well. Uh, so th- that was what the voicemail was. Um, I, I loved it that you were able to use the N-word, uh, and it's all just white people. It was something that I really gravitated to. I used Tide, too. I used Tide. What's the deal? I think the movie could be helped in regards to its... It's two hour and two minute runtime. I sure. think I, I noticed sure. this time that there were these like Oscar moments that felt like the cliche Oscar moment thing where the movie would stop and someone would give a lengthy speech yeah. about their past yeah. and then the movie would pick back up again. Yeah. There's one really conspicuous one with Oleg's mother where Vera Farmiga's like, I'm going to get you to a shelter. And she goes, mm-hmm. No, don't take me to a shelter. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> and then she like goes off and spends like eight minutes talking about Mother Russia. And then yeah. and then Vera Farmiga follows up with, I'm going to get a number for a shelter. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, man. And I was like, why was that in there? What 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 purpose did that scene have? It's Paul Walker has up. one as well where yeah, he's in the car with about... Oleg talking about, yeah, uh, the, I once upon a time there was a little boy and it was like, okay. And he, so. uh, he had abusive father, and he was, you know, sick and tired of it. James, so he took here. a bat and James, beat him. If I could just interrupt real yeah. quick. Your accent is better than Paul Walker's. Thank you. He's a West Coast kid, though. He's oh, is Paul Coast. Walker from California? I had no idea. But that story was about Paul Walker, right? And That's it was, and his, was there, grandfather. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was about him. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. It's about Joey yeah. Gazelle. I, you know, honestly, as well, this this thing about running scared and him wanting to play a different type of role because he's from California, he's a walker, and he wanted to be in a movie about running. Whoa! Mm-hmm. John, we owe you five more dollars. We, we come full circle, guys. This is what this podcast is about, really. <laughs> he was breaking out of typecasting. Yeah. Oh. Well, let's put this in the context of where Paul Walker's career was, because Fast and Furious, he'd done Fast and Furious movies, but they hadn't become the cult. Well, they're not cult classics. They're straight up uh, financially successful at this point. Yeah. Uh, this is after Too Fast and Too Furious, but I think this is before Fast and Furious. Yeah, and he's just in kind of this fallow period. Although he did Flags of Our Fathers this exact same year. Uh, Flags of Our Fathers was kind of an Oscar play. Uh, and Eight Below. I don't think Eight Below was an Oscar ate play. Below? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. That's, that's how he prepared man. for this movie. <laughs> and then he ran uh, away scared. Uh, but so, yeah, because I was trying to get into this too. He This isn't on his... Uh, Top Google searches for films, by the way. What? Uh, Shocker. Surprisingly. Um, but what was, did he have anything in 2007? 2007 was uh, that movie that we all love, uh, Bobby Z. Sure, yeah. Along with something called Stories USA. 
classic. Uh, then in 2008, The Lazarus Project. Then 2009, uh, they get the, the family Lazarus back Project. together with yeah. Fast and Furious. Is Lazarus Project the uh, Disciples as Businessmen movie? A former the- criminal is drawn into a criminal endeavor. That's because they use criminal twice. And subsequently finds himself living an inexplicable new life working at a psychiatric facility. No, it's not the one I was thinking it's- of. Okay. Who are the real crazy people? The patients mm. or the doctors? What? Mm. Hey, I'm going to ask the awkward question. When did Paul Walker die? 2013. James, that's really awkward. Yeah, I know. 2013? All right. Just I curious. just graduated high school. Do you still remember that day? Uh, I just remember that song was super popular, the the, the one that Vin Diesel hey, guys, tried to guys, sing. Guys, we'll talk about that stuff Oh yeah. later. Oh, yeah. Hint, yeah. hint. In the summer. Hint, hint. When we're furious. Yes, John. The um, the other thing was I looked up Wayne Kramer because I was like, oh, he's probably. I, th- I was like, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. I wonder if he's like doing TV or anything. Mm-hmm. He did. He did a Harrison Ford movie that I'd never heard of. Extraordinary Measures. No. Um, uh, cross, crossing over. Crossing yes. over. I remembered this movie uh, because it has. It's it's one of the rare movies that actually used Brandon Routh post Superman. Yeah. Uh, because wow. I'm obsessed with, uh, well, I'm not obsessed with, but I paid attention to any time that Brandon Routh was in a movie because I liked Brandon Routh. Did you see Crossing movies. Over? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a ghost movie, but it's about immigration. What? Yeah. It's about immigration. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. What year was that made? 2009. Spooky. It wasn't real yet because now it's spooky. Oh. With the politics that goes goes on in our world right now, yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah. No, we'll you're right, about... Aaron. You're absolutely right. <laughs> that reaction is correct. It's just because I didn't know a lot of Paul Walker to begin with outside of the Lazarus Project, which I think I watched just because we were debating doing the play in high school. Uh, so let's see. I think you're thinking of the Laramie Project. Yeah, and that's why I'm, I <laughs> I got the names confused sure. in high school. Um, but yeah, so like literally Fast and Furious and. This and Eight Below is roughly the only things I know. I think I've only seen this. I don't think I've seen anything else Paul Walker's in. I this is my first Paul Walker flick. I haven't. Yeah, nothing. Huh. But that'll change this summer. Hint. We're gonna do a marathon of Fast and Furious. Hi. This <laughs> Aaron, double that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Paul Walker doesn't really have a personality. <laughs> It's true. It's yeah, true. He just doesn't. The West Coast kid. That, that's really what he is. He's just the, the the beach boy, the beach bum. His character in Fast and Furious is Brian O'Connor. That's his that's name. A white name. Yeah. It's the most Paul Walkeriest name that you could assign Tapioca to a Paul Walker Alamo. character. Absolutely. Yep. I have started Fast, the Fast and the Furious. You have to like say the articles now because <laughs> yeah. of these damn movies. Yeah, that's right. Um, Fast and Furious is the fourth one. I've seen the Fast and the Furious. The first 15 or 20 minutes of it, like three or four times, I can't get past the scene where they're going on and on about the tuna fish sandwiches. Hey, it's a great sandwich, John. Uh, yeah, it's that. It's, you know, it's, great it's a really good he tuna fish sandwich. It's so ridiculous. I can't make it past the tuna fish sandwich scene at the beginning of hey, the Fast and the what? Furious. That's fair. <laughs> it's, a, it's a series that doesn't really find itself until the fifth movie in. 
which is one of the lovely charms about it. I think the uh, the thing with Rock and Statham looks pretty looks pretty wild. Like I would go see that. I'm not a Vin Diesel guy. That's that's the big turnoff. Is I'm like sure. yeah. I don't like Vin yeah. Diesel. I'm more of a Statham, Statham guy myself. Yeah. If I'm gonna do a, a bald action flick. It's gonna be Statham. What's over. it? Boggs and something. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Shaw. Hobbs and uh, Shaw. Hickey and Boggs. Fast and <laughs> it's, the movie is called Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I hope they have like a physical mascot representation of Fast and Furious. It's like, hello, I'm Fast and the Furious. Welcome to my film. And he like, like Bride of Frankenstein, where the guy yeah. comes out and addresses it in front of the I'm Mr. Fast. <laughs> and I'm Mr. Furious. Yeah, and they're actually presenting. That's right. Please join us for the adventures of Hobbs and Shaw and Boggs and Hickey. And then <laughs> curtains go back. I love this. I, I did want to say one thing I really liked of the movie. Everybody shut up. This is what Aaron's going to say. Uh, was... When he's looking for his 38 snub nose. His fucking 38 snub nose? Sorry, my bad. Where's my fucking gun? He's looking for his fucking gun. Where's my fucking, fucking gun, gun, Tommy? You're a fucking American. Tommy, thing. where's my fucking gun? And um, he goes to the garage, and the guy turns out the lights. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And uh, then he is going to give the man a, uh, a mounted fucking penis, is what he says, because he begins to turn his uh, pants on fire. Oh yeah, and he's like, "You got three minutes." I'm like, "Are we really gonna do this for three minutes? Like, is is this what you're gonna do? Is just yell at him?" Yeah. He's incredibly cruel to people that he just needs to get some information from. Yeah, yeah. that's not how you discuss things. And like, yeah. granted, yes, the mechanic did run to go turn off the lights and then bring out a blowtorch, but still, there's a different way to handle things. You know, maybe I'm just mild and meek, but whatever. I was just wondering why that guy didn't do a stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> So again, I was making a character for D and D while watching the second half of this movie. But he's an FBI agent, right? Like it, that's D and D character. How the hell would I know? <laughs> I wasn't you there with tell you. Me. I don't know. We weren't invited, man. Jeez. Are you talking about the revelation that Joey Gazelle is an F- is is a police officer? Yeah, where he just opens Under- up and there's been a wire this whole time. Oh, Joey He's- Gazelle's running the law, and there's been wow. no build up to this revelation at all, which makes it even better, quite frankly. It like he literally just opens up his shirt and there's mm-hmm. a wire. Yep, but that would also mean all the murders they've gotten. He'd been undercover for. What do you say, like twelve years or something like that? Like he'd been undercover forever and ever. Even so. his girl didn't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. He had license to do that. When you're undercover, it's, you can do whatever because you're playing a role. It's true. And the learned that in The Departed. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, like you can do cocaine and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or he hide ate guns. Blow. <laughs> he ate blow for this role. <laughs> this, uh... And then at the end, he dies like four or five times, right? Or do, Which one? Uh, and the, the part of the movie we Yeah, because the movie climaxes at the hockey rink, and you think, like, there's a big standoff, and people are tortured, and people are shot, yeah. and there's, like, two hockey-playing thugs in, like, full hockey uniforms that are also, like, enforcers. A guy gets shot in his John Wayne tattoo. Yeah, oh, in the eyes cool. of the John Wayne tattoo. I thought that was adorable. <laughs> Uh, and and then everything kind of resolves, and you're like, oh, and then you you go, you check the time code, and you go, there's mm-hmm. 20 minutes, left. and you, the astute watcher of the film, go, ah, but they haven't shown the beginning where the yeah. bloodied boy is put in the car. Yeah. So clever. What else could happen? They go to the same diner that they keep going back to over and over in the movie, and the albino pimp is there, and they <laughs> have like pimp. a. A shootout where, and I'm not sure why it's, I'm not sure why narratively it's set up this way, 
but you assume Oleg gets shot and he puts a bloody kid in the car and it turns out that he's the one that's been shot. Yeah. And then he has a uh, perfectly fine to watch in 2006, much more uncomfortable to watch in uh, 2019 uh, scene where he's behind the wheel of a car, like smashing into shit and like crashing Ooh. through <laughs> yeah. neighborhoods oh, and yeah. stuff like that. that. Yeah. And Oleg so. is very calm yeah. saying, no, wake up. Wake up. Hold on. I, I, uh, it's not just wake up. It's wake up, Mr. Gazelle. Yeah, that's what... Which is <laughs> yeah, so adorable. That's too much emotion. Again, you need oh. to dial back to a two. And, like, it was... Wake, wake up, up, Mr. Gazelle. Mr. Oh, Gazelle. That's, rap. Yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wake up, Mr. Gazelle. <laughs> that's too low. That's much too low. I forgot he's a child. Yeah, yeah he's a child. The he handled himself the... so maturely, I could see how you would forget that he was a child. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Oleg does not seem like a child's name, if I'm being honest. No. No. Oleggy. Oleggy, that's where I'd. That'd it's the E at the end, you know, yeah. or the Y. There's also the subplot of like, this was almost a best friends movie because of Oleg and Nick. That's the movie I wanted to see. They just wanted to go to a hockey game. They wanted to be hockey players. Uh, They're both going to play for the whatever team. It's going to be red they ice. They're like fake teams in the movie. Yeah. It's like the New Jersey Reds or something like that. It was like some completely made up bullshit I appreciate NHL fake team. Names. Gonna yeah. take them out in blue body bags. Yeah, Travis going. Mm-hmm. How difficult is hockey? <laughs> There's gonna be some red ice. <laughs> <laughs> Said by multiple characters. That must have so been many. what the movie was originally called. Red, red ice. Right, and then the studio came on in and said that doesn't make any sense. Why don't we make it something vague like running scared? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, that makes sense. Gazelle, that's a thing. They run away scared and they're like, fuck it, put it in. That's right. Fuck it. Is there is there too much? I have a question. Is there yeah. too much? Everybody, dunk- shut up. John's got is, a question. Thank you. Is there too much dunking going on? Did I come in and, and did I break the rule? Well, no, you're allowed to break the rule. Uh, yeah, the guest is always allowed to break the rule, but we all, I think, it would be fair to say that we should owe thirty dollars. Yeah, we to should. The Austin Creative. We line. should pay Austin Creative Alliance. Uh, each of this, us, this, not you, John. I, I three. Yes, uh, I give this movie a. Solid two out of five. If we can dunk now, uh, I want to ask: Did this? Did this have a script? It just felt like a beat sheet, and everyone improvised it. Oh, I feel like this movie has too much of a script. I was gonna. It feels like it's constructed of some a bunch of leftover ideas from other movies. Like maybe yeah. Wayne Kramer had like a a little book where he writes down his <laughs> movie ideas, yeah, and yeah, one day yeah. he looked at the whole page and he went. Oh shit! If I do these in order, I have a story. <laughs> that, and, that's, and that's how you make a movie. And that's what Running Scared became. <clears throat> he had his meet cute with Paul Walker, and he was running with shuffled pages, <laughs> and then dropped it down, and their hands touched as it was yeah, on that right. page. Yeah. Then they locked eyes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, ducking aside, though, Vera Farmiga is genuinely great in this movie. Oh yeah. To the point where I'm going, why, 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 why are you bringing it so hard in this movie? You're really great. You're really great in this movie, especially in the pedophile scene. Just saying that that's my favorite scene, which is a weird thing to say out loud. Was Departed that Christmas, 2006? Uh, Departed was. Yeah, I guess it would have been 2006. So she yeah. didn't have to. She she got out of like B movie land. Like I think shortly after Departed. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> she deserves it. She one deserves character, it's great in this. A I, character I, I, trait I, I thought was funny for her, just because it kind of contradicts the world of the movie, was how much uh, against cussing she was. Right. I thought that was like an interesting character touch to have like 
everyone in the movie just, you know, be completely filthy and her constantly be like, we don't use words like that. Yeah. I, I like the dinner early on in the dinner scene uh, where, like, they're talking about Nick getting ADAD or medicine for AD. Oh, my and, gosh. And, uh, terrible. Listen. And he's like, yeah. you know what? I'm not going to need fucking medicine. I'm not going to take it. And then uh, Joey's like, hey, don't say words like that in front of your mother. Joey Gazelle. Yeah. And then she slaps him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't say words like that ever. That was just my favorite interaction of the family. You knew that family after that interaction. Aaron, yes, Aaron, you're crying right now. Explain your tears. Because you're like, just crying so I do much. love some good action flicks. Like uh, Four Brothers is a good mindless, just just empty out a a gun kind of movie. And then this one is just like I do. I kind of like it if I'm being honest. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna give I, it. I wouldn't have brought it if I didn't kind of yeah, like it. I kind of <laughs> like it. Like it's, uh, I'm giving it like a 65. Like a 65. I'm you said. Enjoyed. Oh wait, no. Never, I, never I, I think that Rotten Tomatoes score is accurate. I 41. always think of because I always picture in Rotten Tomatoes terms, what I see in my head is ten people walk into a movie theater and four people go, "That was good," and six people go, "I did not enjoy that." And <laughs> And those numbers make okay. sense to me. And it's said yeah. with that exact same amount of emotion, <laughs> which is, I did not enjoy that. <laughs> and then they just drive away, and then they completely forgot that they saw a movie that afternoon. They <laughs> used two hours of their day. Cool. They go, oh, it's four. How'd that what happen? What did I do from one to three today? I used laundry soap time. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's where my day went. That's right. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's uh, – it is a guilty pleasure just because like it's it's trash, but you know I'll I'll do the dishes and the laundry and and vacuum. Yeah, uh, James, if yes. you had to rank this movie, what would you give it? And be completely honest, James. Uh, We're all friends here, no, right, boys? Oh, why are you all holding, holding bats now? Why won't uh, you look at me? <laughs> uh, no, uh, John, just um, just look at me. No, it's all, weird, right. it's all right. I'm right uh, here. Four severed thumbs down. What is that? Oh, oh, that's all. Because you thumbs. cut off the thumbs because it's, that's, it has that's to go a lot of down. thumbs. Uh, what, what, what James is omitting is that he hates this movie. I don't. And thumbs. John, I'm sorry. And I, I hate this movie. I I don't think it's completely unwarranted because this movie is morally repugnant. Oh, yeah. John, I love you. I hate this movie. It doesn't seem like a movie I would have ever enjoyed, right? Like you know yeah. my personality. Yes. You were probably like John is not enough of a bro <laughs> to think that running scared is badass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was very confused. Fincher, watching. Nolan, <laughs> Snyder, Wayne Kramer. Because <laughs> usually, like when I watch these movies, I see a bit of personality. Like, oh, I get why this person likes this movie. No indication while watching this for you. I kind of, I kind of like foresaw that when I was finishing it today. I was like, <laughs> I think he's going to wonder why it even was my choice. But again, it was, it was a, the movie. It was the right movie at the right time. And you know what? That's all that needs to be. You know. Yeah. If I had, I think when I did rate it, because I used to give ratings to stuff, I want to say I gave it a seven out of ten. Oh, I think, God. I think now, honestly, like I'd probably, it probably dropped to like a five and a half, maybe. Sure. I think it's That's just still pretty strong. I think it's just above like the mid range, almost like kind of almost worth watching. But again, this time, it's just I'm, 
I don't know. I felt old because it was kind of offensive, and I was like, yeah, I didn't find kind this of offensive. I was like, it's I didn't, straight up offensive. I, I, I saw it when I was thirty-one, and oh. I'm now forty-three. Sure. And I'm a different man now than I was then. Just to respond to that, whenever you started the movie earlier today, you were 31. And then by the end of it, you were 43. Yes. A whole lifetime. You were going, ah, my investing in my retirement is a choice. (laughs) (laughs) A choice for me. (laughs) Well, gang, unless we have anything else to say that's been in our hearts and our desires, that has been... This episode of Shame Watch. I know. I'm looking at it. Start up here. Well, I have to tell. I have to warn everyone that I'm ending first. Yeah, start up here, though. At number three. Does this part get edited out? No, this is all in. No, I double. Is it? it. Leave I... it in. Uh, turn up the gain all the way. <laughs> what were you gonna say, John? Oh, I was just gonna say on the drive here. I was listening to uh, the episode with uh, Lisa. Oh yeah. And which one? Uh, B- Barbie and the Crystal Skull. Yep. And and it was Oddball Hero Month, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is Paul Walker is a perfect Oddball Hero." But it's, I think, I, I bet my show is doesn't come out until May, and it Correct. may not be Oddball Hero Month. Then. Correct. So You're in this weird in between. Yeah. I'm sorry, John. We can still throw it in there. It's honorary it's Oddball not April. Hero. All right. Well, Kenny's sorry, the rule guys. enforcer. Uh, Technically, it's April. It just won't be released in April. We're in this weird in between because, like, we're recording this on April uh, 29th. But the episode will release on May third, second, second, and uh, so like there really is no category. But next month's category is it's gonna be May. It's gonna be May. So we're gonna watch. Uh, is it boy band movies or just musical films that feature uh, members of uh, boy bands? Yeah, or boy band related films. Uh, yeah, super excited. It's gonna be great. Hey, John, where can <laughs> where can our friends, our fans, see you next? Uh, I will actually be at Dallas Fan Expo the first weekend of May, hosting uh, most of the comic guest uh, panel content at Fan Expo. And then the following weekend, second weekend of May, I'll be at Comic Palooza in Houston. Uh, although I don't think I'm hosting panels there, so if you just see me walking around, you can just like wave. Um, yeah, just and hi. then, and then I my show, which is uh, unnamed corporate sponsor presents Journey to the Center of the Middle, runs June 20th and June 27th at 8 p.m. at Fallout Theater. Nice. Uh, have you ever? Ha- do you deal with standups that tell exclusively Star Trek jokes? I have never been in a position to deal with standups that tell Star Trek jokes exclusively. Cool. That answers my question the best way possible. Continue, James. Uh, what's right. your social media, John? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Golson. My last name G H O L S O N. Tight, 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 tight. Anywhere are you? Uh, I'm most active, oddly enough, on my Letterboxd account. You can find me at letterboxd.com/slash Kenny Madison, where you can just keep up with all the things that I watch, along with my Twitter account, twitter.com/slash My Magic Lesson. Find me on Facebook. But I'm genuinely most active on my Letterboxd account. Aaron. Where are you? Uh, Laughing Panda 5 on all the social medias. The 5 is silent, um, but it's in there. Um, You can also find me on Austin Amateurs, uh, on YouTube, um, Aaron Salinas on Facebook. Um, Yeah, keep it gangsta, (laughs) y'all. Very in theme for this movie. Uh, Mac Daddy Pimp. Mac Daddy Pimp. 
You're a fucking American. Hey, uh, you can find me on my personal Twitter, Tough at Ghost, and I'm gonna have someone take over the Flat Films social media because I'm bad at social media. Uh, so expect tweets that are good. Um, and uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> That's been our episode of Shame Watch, guys. It's our first Shame Watch. John, thank you for being on this. Thanks, John. First Shame Watch. Uh, it's the same podcast. Yeah, it's, a it's a different name. Uh, but uh, thank you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song and James Garcia for our artwork. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Podbean and other services that aren't listed. And if your review is particularly good, We'll read it on air because we're not above it. Also, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash flatfilms where you can get exclusive content related to the podcast and other hot tent from our parent company, Flat Films. I own that. Until then, our watch has ended. Dive at your own risk. New name. name. Hey, we did. Thanks, I John. forgot to mention the part where the hooker is carrying a big book that has the gigantic letters G-E-D. <laughs> That's right. That happens. Sorry, John, even though you said that on mic, we can't use it. No. The podcast is over. I'm so sorry. Aaron, don't splice that in. Hooker anywhere. corazón de oro. <laughs>